Hey, welcome to the New Life Bible Fellowship Podcast. Our mission is to cultivate a community that enjoys God and transforms the world through the gospel. We hope these weekly messages inspire you, invite you to experience the greatness of God, and empower you to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Amen and amen. Anybody enjoy the rain out there this morning, even over the last couple of days? The saguaros are all popping out their ribs, and, and uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but the rain stimulates hair growth. So if by the end of this service I'm frizzy, you'll know what happened. I think that's around the corner for me. Lavish, generous, extravagant gifts. That's, that's where I want to start to consider some things this morning as we dive into God's word. There's a couple here in this church. So their son was born on May 16th. He passed away far too young, also in the month of May, uh, years down the road. But in honor of their son's passing, every single year now, on May 16th, on their birthday, they go in and they multiply his, what his, his age would be if he was still in this world, times 10. So like for his 35th birthday, they took $350, they go to Starbucks and they just prepay ahead of time for people to come and enjoy $350 of free drinks as a blessing to bring honor in a sense to their son and kind of have a a legacy of gift giving. It is a beautiful and good thing. Aaron Collins, a man passed away July of 2012. His last words to his brother says, his very last words, he was a waiter and he looked at his brother. He says, I want you to leave good tips. Not those small little, I mean $500 tips. Those are the last words he spoke to his brother before he passed away. And his brother thought, well, you could have left an estate to pay. You know, there, there was nothing passed down to pay for $500 gifts. So he started a GoFundMe thing online and started giving $500 tips at restaurants. They have taken in, and this is a few years ago, $65,000 just to leave $500 at a time in restaurants across this land in generous tips. In fact, they, they recorded every single one. You can go watch them on YouTube, all of the blessings of these gifts. There's a church in Pickering, Ohio. After a sermon on generosity, there was a Sunday school class that had gotten together and they were ordering some pizza. And they, 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 they took a, an offering amongst them to leave a generous tip. They left a tip of $1,046 to bless the driver of this, of this pizza as a great gift. Greg Rubar had worked 16 years at the Amico's Italian restaurant. There's an older couple who had come in pretty regular. They knew him a bit. He had shared with them a while back that he had some car trouble and he wasn't sure what to do, whether to, to fix it, whether to junk it, buy a new car, all that kind of thing. This older couple was in this day. After dinner, they stood up and the, and the man looked at him and says, I, I want to give you your tip. And he pulled out $5,100 bills, $5,000. This is your tip. Go figure out what you're going to do with your car. Buy a new car. The blessing of gifts. 
Stacy Knutson. That's a, a total Minnesota name. And a fun part of this for me is I've been to this restaurant. So she was a waitress at the frying pan restaurant in Moorhead. Fargo, Moorhead's a border town, North Dakota. Anyway, she was a waitress there. She had been a waitress for quite a while. And uh, a, a party was in eating. As they left, they, there was a little wood box left on the table. Well, she saw the box. She grabbed the couple before they even walked out of the restaurant. She said, hey, you, you left this box. No, 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 that's your tip. That's your tip. She went back. It was a wood-carved box. She opened it up. There's $12,000 inside of the box. She ran out into the parking lot. No, 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 there's a lot of money in here. No, no, that is your tip. God bless you. Tips, generous, extravagant, lavish gifts. 1995 guy by the name of John Steele, an auto parts worker in Toronto, Canada, left a lottery ticket for his waitress. Her name was Tracy Dalton. Left a lottery ticket for her. Said, hey, let me know if it wins anything. We could split it or something. Next day, she cashes in that lottery ticket for $184,700 and gets a hold of him, calls him to share $92,350, the half with him. Similar story 10 years earlier. This one was such a rare story, and to date is still the largest known tip. They made a movie out of it with Nicolas Cage years ago. I've never seen it. I don't even know that it's good. But 1984, Phyllis Penzo, a waitress for 24 years at Sal's Pizzeria, was working one night when a police officer by the name of Robert Cunningham was in. He shared a meal, and he looked at her when he left, and he said, how about we split this lottery ticket, and I'm going to give you that As a gift. I don't know that it was the next day, but not long after that lottery ticket won $6 million. She got a hold of the police officer, split the money, $3 million, a $3 million tip. I share these stories because we're bringing to a close today this series on substitute identities. So we've been looking over recent weeks at substitute identities that the world gives us, contrasting them with true identities that Scripture gives us. And the identity that we're going to consider this morning is gift givers, that we are gifted to give gifts. The world gives us an identity of our vocation, that we are our jobs, that that we're our vocation, that we earn money and we take care of that, and that's kind of our little realm. But Scripture comes at it from a whole different perspective, that God has given us supernatural gifts in order that we would share those gifts with others. This is the identity we're going to close this series on. So through these weeks, we've considered the the true identity of being a servant of God, of being the bride of Christ, of being a son or daughter, a child of God, of being a saint, of being an ambassador, of being a servant, of being a sheep, of being a sinner. We took a look at last week. This morning, taking a look at what it is to be gifted, to be gifted to share gifts. So we're going to walk through a passage in 1 Corinthians, a little bit verse by verse, and just consider what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul begins, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. 
Concerning spiritual gifts, I, I want you to understand what spiritual gifts are. I want you to understand their nature. I want you to understand their purpose. This is really important. Get this. And I would suggest that this is as important today as it ever has been. In today's world, there's kind of two camps when it comes to spiritual gifts. One camp oftentimes takes it to kind of a a misinformed extreme of abusing the gifts and thinking and acting like the gifts exist simply for in here as a part of of a worship experience. But the other extreme is just to ignore the gifts altogether. To go on through life as if Spiritual gifts don't even exist. Paul Paul, Paul says, slow down here. This is really important. I, I, I do not want you to be misinformed on this. This is, spiritual gifts is a big deal. I want you to grasp this teaching. I want you to absorb this teaching, and I want you to understand that not only the importance, but the the significance of the nature and the purpose of these gifts. In fact, later in the same passage, three chapters, Paul deals with this. He comes back in chapter 14, he says this in verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. Seek out the gifts. Pray for the gifts. Not only use your gifts in the nature and purpose they're designed, but the gifts that you don't have, seek them out. Be praying for them desperately. Come before God, say, would you please give me this gift? Would you please give me that gift? This is so important for us. For broadly, we come from a tradition they could probably be more accused of neglecting spiritual gifts than anything, of just forgetting they exist. We come from a tradition of sorts. Everybody's a different background, but of sorts. Sometimes get scared of the gifts. Like if a bunch of spiritual gifts are happening, you know, that's out of whack. That's, that's, that's for them over there. No. Paul says, I, I don't want you to be ignorant on this. This is a really important thing. I want you to eagerly seek these out. Gifts. This is a part of our identity. Not not our vocations and what we do, but that we have gifts from God and we are designed to share those gifts with others. We're like waiters and waitresses. We... We receive gifts from God and we carry it on a platter and share it with others. Would you like a little mercy? Would you like a little compassion? A little hospitality? Would you like a little wisdom? Would you like a little practical counsel? We have gifts from God designed to share with others. And sometimes the church can fall asleep to this truth. Paul said, this is really important I want you to understand the nature and the purpose of spiritual gifts. This is a part of your core identity as a Christian. The passage goes on in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll read beginning at verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit 
And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. We see part of the nature of the gifts come out here. That, that, that a part of the gifts is they belong to God. They, they do not belong to us, nor are they produced by us. But God is the owner and the producer of these gifts, and we are stewards of these gifts. He gives us these gifts to pass on. This is, this is one of the places that this is most contrasted with vocations. If you take the false identity of this world, we, we look at children. We ask them at a very young age, who are you going to grow up to be? What are you going to grow up and do? As if their identity is, is their job. Their identity is, is being a fireman or, or, or a doctor or a nurse or a school teacher or a police. Their identity is in what they do. And identities wrapped up in vocations are wrapped up in self. What we do, what we produce, our own little world. But an identity that's rooted in gifting. That's rooted in God because all of these gifts belong to God and he gives us these gifts to share with others, to, to, to give to others lavishly, extravagantly with a surprise blessing to bring to others the, the, the presence of God in this world. So our, our questions for children ought not be, you know, what are you going to grow up to do? It ought to be, what has what God placed in you as a gift to share with others? How has God placed gifts in you to make a difference in this world and build other people up? It's a, it's a totally different question. But this is, this is where we go in Scripture Consider the words of Peter in 1 Peter chapter 4. As each has received a gift, that's a truth we, we just saw. Everyone, every Christian has one. No such thing as a Christian without spiritual gifts. Every Christian has spiritual gifts inside of them. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. These spiritual gifts, they belong to God. We are servants. And I love, I love that passage in Peter where it says each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards, we are servers. We take the grace of God and we bring the grace of God to other people. And they then are built up and grow in their faith because God placed a gift in us and we bring a gift to another. This is, this is what spiritual gifts are. They belong to God and they are functioned to build other people up. 
This is the purpose of spiritual gifts. But spiritual gifts are not to give you goosebumps in worship. Spiritual gifts are not to be practiced inside the walls of a church when a church band is playing. Spiritual gifts are meant to make a difference in this world. They are designed to build others up, to equip others to see their faith increase. They belong to God. And we then are just the waiters and waitresses having this. Consider again moments to take the grace of God and bring it to another person. I don't know of a, of a more joyful, extravagant feeling in this world than moments where you get to be a conduit of God's grace where he moves through you and touches another human being, where he gives you a gift, and by sharing it, you watch God touch another person. This is a beautiful thing. Passage continues. One more verse here in 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the truth, again, there is no such thing as a Christian without spiritual gifts. And we could be asking lots of questions here. We ought to. Part of the application of this sermon is every person here asking, what what spiritual gifts has God placed inside of me? How am I using those as a steward on a regular daily basis to share those gifts with others? How is that functioning in my life? And perhaps beyond what spiritual gifts has God placed in me, it's what spiritual gifts do I not have that I want to be asking God for? God, God would you give me that gift? Would you give me that gift? Would you give me that gift so I can share that with others? This is, the, this is a part of our identity inside of us. Now, to each is given the manifestations for the common good. It is for the building up of others. This is the purpose. This is a part of the nature and purpose of spiritual gifts. It is for building others up. And so we ask kids, how can, you, how can you make a difference in this world? Not, not with your abilities, not with your strengths. What has God placed inside of you that was supernatural power? This belongs to him. With supernatural power, he has designed you to share his grace and presence in this world to see other people grow up and experience his presence. That's a question to be asking ourselves and to be asking our children. Spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Every person in here has them. If you belong to Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, you have spiritual gifts. If you don't know what they are, I would suggest two paths. One is there are tools and resources and to, to help you discern what spiritual gifts God has placed in you in, in our next steps. So if you've never done next steps or you haven't done a while, stop at the next steps. There's a little tent. You can start next week. 
One of, the, one of the four weeks of next steps is taking a spiritual gift inventory to try and discern what are your spiritual gifts. The other thing I would say is because spiritual gifts have in their nature and their purpose building others up, just start dreaming. This is one of our biggest mistakes in spiritual gifts. Just start dreaming. God, how can I build others up? How can I... How can I see other people's faith increase? How can I see other people's dreams increase? How can I see other people experience your presence at a higher level? How can I build others up? Spend your time dreaming of ways to build others up, and you will start walking in spiritual gifts because that is what they are given for. Every single one of us has spiritual gifts, and those spiritual gifts are for the common good. They're for the common good. Let me walk through a parable of sorts. A wealthy man wants to start a movement. He has a heart for orphans, for those who, who don't have a, a, a place to belong. And so he starts, he starts adopting orphans into his family. And into that family, he has a goal that that the orphans that are a part of his family will so make a difference in this world that he begins supplying them and training them with his own resources to make a difference. And so you see some of the, some of the kids growing up in this orphanage, they grow up knowing that they are designed to help people. It starts out, he has a, this little water business in town, and, and the water comes out in, in three-gallon jugs and in five-gallon jugs. But carrying a five-gallon jug of water is a lot to a car. And so he has, he has some of the, the kids just trained. They, they, they hang out at the water business. And with, with every jug, hey, can I carry that to your car for you? Can I, I have got a cart right here. Can I carry that to your car for you? These are people that, 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 that grow up making a difference in a sense that they, they, they do yard work. They paint. They're handymen. You have a faucet that's leaking. You have a door that, that doesn't close. You, you, have, you have issues. They come alongside. They do it for free. They do it for pay. They take care of older people. They take care of widows. They take, they take care of neighborhoods. They come alongside and help other people. There are some of the kids. He just showers gifts of finances over. He says, I, I want you to pay bills. I want you to pay utility bills. I want you to pay doctor bills. I want you to pay rents, mortgages. I want you to pay off debt and set people free. I want you to pay for prescriptions and help oversee people's. I want you to pay bills. Just go. Just go and pay bills. There are others given jobs of leaving extravagant tips. Not just a little extra like the $500 kind. Leaving extravagant gifts. There are others who help people buy houses, start businesses. They tutor, they educate, they give wisdom. There are those who are designed to, to give mercy and compassion and counsel. There are those who, who, who give free service in their own trades. So there, there's mechanics who helps out those who need dentists who, who give away free dentistry. There are doctors who, who give away free doctoring, appointments, services. Out of this orphanage, a whole group of kids grows up with the resources and the gifts to go make a difference in this world. 
You hear the straightforward nature of this analogy, do you not? This is the church. This is foundationally the church. Our loving Father, more powerful and wealthy beyond any imagination, has adopted us into a family. And then every single one of us, every single child of God, given gifts of God that are supernatural in power. You can't touch these with with earthly wisdom. This This is a discernment that is off the charts. This is wisdom from God, knowledge from God, healings from God. Listen to just a list from the Scripture. Service, hospitality, exhortation, giving, generosity, leadership, mercy, prophecy, wisdom, faith, healings, miracles, discernment, knowledge, tongues. A beautiful thing of that list that I just read you. There is no list of spiritual gifts that is complete. Not from Scripture. There are multiple lists in different places. Romans has it, 1 Corinthians says. There are multiple lists of spiritual gifts. None of them contains them all. None of them is complete. So the question hangs there for you and I. What spiritual gift? What gift of supernatural power has God placed in you to give to others? How are we doing at using those gifts to build others up on a daily, regular basis? This is, this is our identity. You are not your job. I, I don't know, you know, how many school teachers, how many police officers, how many pastors, how many whatevers in this room. We are not defined by our job, our vocation, our little world where we make money. And, 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 and. No, no, no. This is much bigger than that. God has given us gifts. And if we don't know what they are, we ought to search to find that out, to be walking in them. Because at the end of the day, a core of our identity is on a daily basis to take from God gifts and to walk out into the world I have some compassion for you. Not just worldly compassion. Supernatural compassion. I have mercy for you. I have forgiveness for you. I have wisdom for you. I have knowledge for you. I have healing power for you. I don't know of a better feeling than this. There are moments in my life where I have had the privilege of being a conduit, where where I have felt the presence of God like electricity, where I have held on to him and he has poured his power through me and I've been able to touch someone else and watch the power of God fall upon them. In my life, that's in, in, in a handful of, of different ways. I've been, so, so teaching is one. It's one thing that I do. There are times I teach, and it's me. It's just Greg Levine, and like block most of that out, would you please? But there are times I know I'm caught up in the Holy Spirit. I feel it. 
and he carries me away. One of my favorite things about teaching is when people come up to me and say, oh, thank you. When you said A, B, and C, I felt the presence of God. And I didn't say A, B, or C. I didn't say ABC. I didn't, ABC is not in my notes. I never planned it. I never said it. But somehow, somehow in that moment, it had nothing to do with me or, or human words. But God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, spoke to another human being. Somehow through a doofus just being there. And, and my words weren't, so, so he just took over and said A, B, and C to someone. And I sit back in absolute awe thinking a human being heard your voice today, God. And you did that through me. Thank you for being a nothing little part of this this miracle, of this blessing, of this this goodness. I have have felt that at times where you, you share with someone and you watch You watch the Holy Spirit fall upon someone. You pray with someone. You feel the anxiety and the stress wash away. You watch them in that moment have a mind that has led to a place of rest and a heart that has led to a place of calm. You sit back and you think, oh, Like you just led them by green pastures and quiet waters and you did it through a doofus like me. Supernatural gifts. He anoints us with them. And this is fundamentally to be a a part of our identity. We are gift givers. So it's vital that we know what our gifts are. It's vital that we ask for gifts we don't have. Ask for the scary ones. Healing is, so I've seen lots of healings. Oh, what a day to just go to Northwest Hospital and walk down the floor room to room to room, bringing healing like, oh, God, Come on, like you, this is like writing Jesus in big pink letters across the sky. Like, like what could glorify you more? Front page of every news, but like, oh, I pray, I pray. I don't know when we'll see it, how we'll see it, what that will be like, but I know that healing is a spiritual gift, and I know it hasn't gone away. We are called to walk in spiritual gifts, you and I. So what is my spiritual gift? Lord, would you bless me with spiritual gifts I don't have? And how can I walk in those spiritual gifts? Those are questions we must be asking, praying, and walking in. I I, I get, you, you might... You might hear this sermon that, whoa, what's a spiritual gift? Okay, I apologize that as a Christian, somehow you've been in a tradition, and maybe it's been right here, where we have not emphasized spiritual gifts enough. 
But God has supernatural power that he wants to pour out in this world. And the way he wants to do it is through his body, through his bride, through the church. And so he has has brought together a family of orphans and he has given each one gifts. And those gifts are meant to build up and to share with others. This is our calling. This is our identity. We're gift givers. So we have the privilege of coming before the Lord's table as we close. On that night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. If you did not receive communion elements in in the back of the room, and don't be bashful, go ahead and in the back of the room are communion elements on tables on both sides, and over here under the window is gluten-free. If, if you're online at home, I'm sorry we didn't say, so, so go grab some Triscuits and root beer and come on back to take Holy Communion. Jesus took bread and he broke it. Now I want you to think of this. This is a symbol of the body of Christ. We receive it, and we'll pray in just a moment, we'll pray over both elements, that this becomes spiritually the body of Christ for us. But the other context that Jesus speaks of the body of Christ is the church. In other words, he gives us this bread as the body of Christ that we would receive him, but then he makes us the body of Christ to go into this world. How do we do so? We do so most primarily by the power of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. In a pure sense, God has ordained that we would have gifts inside of us that we would share, that people would experience the presence of God through us as his body. Likewise, after the bread, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup, the new covenant, poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Now, most foundationally, we we will eat this bread and drink this cup and remember what Jesus has done for us in renewing the truths of our sins being washed away, of us being cleansed and sanctified and made holy. Hallelujah. But we we cannot really eat this bread and drink this cup Without saying, God, how can you use me today to be your body? And how can you pour the power of your blood over me? That this, that this would not end with me. That the end of communion is not just that Jesus died for me. He did die for me. He did die for you. But he died for us and for our neighbors, for our co-workers, for those around us to the ends of the earth. And we have a job of, of receiving communion in order to take communion, the invitation and the offer to others. Communion is open to anyone who has surrendered their life to Christ. If you have 
never taken that step but want to do so now, whether you're at home, whether you're in this room, I, I say you are fully welcome. Cry out to God, Lord, save me. Wash away my sin. And use me to make a difference in this world. So in a moment, we're going to pray. And then just between you and God, when you're ready, receive the communion elements. We'll have a, a time of quiet. And after a little while, when everyone's had a chance to receive the communion elements, we'll gather back in a song of surrender that is essentially saying, Lord, all I am is yours. Use me for your purposes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your benevolence, for your love, for the gift of your son and the gifts that you pour out. Would you anoint this bread to spiritually become the body of Christ broken for us? Use it to make us whole. Use it to wash us, cleanse us. Would you anoint this cup to be spiritually your blood shed for us, Jesus? Wash us, renew us. But then we ask that even this day, this moment, you would fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit and use us to spread lavish, extravagant gifts to others in this world. In the precious and saving and gift-giving name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Take communion just between you and God as you're ready. In a little bit, we'll gather back in song. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Fellowship Podcast. We'd love to have you join us next week at either our Cratera location or online campus, which you can join at newlifetucson.live. Have a great week.